You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting your hump day going with a cup of Crimson Tide, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with BOL Daybreak here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. It is Wednesday, February the 12th, 2020, and we've got a lot of things to get into on this edition of Daybreak. Obviously, we're going to talk some Alabama men's basketball as the Crimson Tide prepares for this evening's matchup, round two with the Auburn Tigers, this time at Auburn Arena, 6 o'clock tip-off Central. That game will air on ESPN2, so we'll get into some hoops with you. We'll talk some Tua Tonga-Vailoa from the last few days since we last spoke. We sort of previewed this for you on Monday's edition of Daybreak, that Tua on Monday was set for that three-month checkup which was certainly going to go a long way in establishing the continuing narrative as far as his return from that hip injury and how he sort of is trending where the 2020 NFL draft process is concerned. So we'll talk some Tua with you. The weather here in Tuscaloosa the last few days has been a national storyline with the flooding, the excessive rainfall. I think on Monday alone in Tuscaloosa, we received right around four and a half inches of rainfall. So the Black Warrior River, uh, those type of things here in Tuscaloosa. It's been a really a major problem, not just here in Tuscaloosa, but around the state as well. Uh, it doesn't feel like uh, baseball and softball weather here in the last few days, but that's exactly what we're getting here. Alabama softball. Last weekend in Tallahassee, Florida, opening up its season with four games between North Carolina and Florida State on the campus of Florida State University. Another challenging weekend coming up for Patrick Murphy's team down in the Clearwater St. Pete area. We'll talk about that a little bit on today's pod. And also, uh, we'll touch on Alabama baseball, set to kick off our first pitch, I guess you should say, of the 2020 campaign for Brad Bohannon's club coming up on Friday at Sewell Thomas Stadium. But we'll start with college basketball. It was an active night in the Southeastern Conference on Tuesday. Had some games that going into the evening you probably didn't think or had the potential anyway to not be all that competitive. And there were a couple blowouts, no doubt about it. I just think that perhaps... They involved the teams that maybe you didn't expect it from. You did have a blowout in Oxford, Mississippi, as the homestanding Rebels absolutely uh, thrashed the visiting Mississippi State Bulldogs by a count of 83-58 to in Knoxville. An Arkansas team that's really, you talk about trending in the wrong direction right now, Arkansas uh, hammered by homestanding Tennessee, 82-61. to 61. So Arkansas now at 4-7 and seven in the league. Mississippi State with the loss at Ole Miss drops to 6-5. and five. Ole Miss playing better of late. And that's a road game that Alabama is going to be making here in about a week and a half over to the Pavilion in Oxford. Ole Miss now at 4-7. and seven. But the closer games involved a couple of the league leaders on Tuesday night, you had Kentucky down 14 in the first half to Vanderbilt. 
but then goes on a big second half run, does John Calipari's team. Kind of all came together for the uh, big blue there in the second half as Kentucky ends up cruising late in that game, winning 78-64, to keeping the Wildcats tied atop the SEC standings with the Tigers of LSU, who had to scratch and claw maybe a little bit more than you would have expected, even with the two-game losing streak that LSU entered Tuesday night's game against Missouri riding uh, Missouri really took LSU to the limit. Skylar Mays, Darius Days, that combination came up really big for LSU. Skylar Mays, once again, with 20-plus points. Darius Days with 20 and 10. And the Tigers worked through Missouri by a score of 82 to 78. So Kentucky at 9 and 2 in the league, LSU at 9 and 2 in the league, and this evening, the Auburn Tigers will look to join those two teams at 9-2 and two in the conference as Alabama comes calling on Auburn. Auburn now at 21-2 and two and 8-2 and two in the SEC. And Auburn hasn't lost a game since that 0-2 week uh, that started with a defeat right here in Tuscaloosa at the hands of the Crimson Tide. Meanwhile, Alabama checks in at 13-10 and 10 overall and 5-5 five and five in the league. Alabama leads the all-time series between these two by 33 games. 97-64, the all-time series tilted towards Alabama, but the Tigers have won five of the last eight meetings between the two. The last time these teams got together, again, last month, at Coleman Coliseum, and it was all Alabama by a final score of 83-64. to Kyra Lewis led UA in that one with 25 points and 36 minutes of work. Uh, you had a big game from Herbert Jones also, who you know you're not going to have this evening. Uh, it continues to be a critical absence, although there was promising news on Tuesday in his media availability Uh, Yesterday morning, head coach Nate Oates revealed that there is the potential for Herb Jones to perhaps get back in some form or fashion for next week's midweek matchup with Texas A&M. And Herbert Jones went for 14-12 and against this Auburn team uh, the last time they got together. And in that game, uh, the Auburn backcourt, uh, which is obviously critical, with how Auburn plays, especially on the offensive end. Samir Doughty and Javon McCormick in that loss to Alabama combined for just 11 points on a combined four of 19 shooting. Doughty had seven of Auburn's 21 turnovers in the game. Speaking of turnovers, Alabama won the turnover battle in terms of points off takeaways uh, and also won the battle at the free throw line by 12 points apiece in those two categories. And Alabama hung in on the glass, which is going to be critical tonight. Uh, last time out between these two teams, Auburn held a two-rebound advantage in the contest. If you're Alabama, you would absolutely take that sort of deficit tonight. Uh, Auburn, uh, both teams, as we know, both teams coming off overtime wins. Auburn taking down LSU last Saturday early in the day before Alabama topped Georgia 105-102 in overtime later on Saturday evening. Kyra Lewis coming off that 37-point performance, pushing his average per game 
from a scoring standpoint to 17.4 points per contest. That ranks tied for fourth in the SEC. Meanwhile, Auburn gets a game winner from McCormick on a runner uh, with less than a second to go in overtime to lift Auburn past LSU last Saturday. And that also kept Auburn unbeaten at home. Auburn 16-0 this season at Auburn Arena. Now, in this game, you're going to have two of the top three scoring teams in the SEC. Both lead the way, unsurprisingly, in three-pointers attempted per game. Uh, with Alabama checking in around 29 attempted trays per contest, Auburn right at 27. Alabama continues to lead the SEC in field goal percentage at just under 35% from beyond the arc. Auburn, on the other hand, checks in seventh in the SEC uh, at just under 32% per, per game from uh, behind the three-point line. Now, Auburn leads the SEC in rebounding. Alabama ranks second the big challenge for Alabama, especially in the paint tonight, man, and if you could get 13 points and eight rebounds somehow this evening from J.B. and Davis like you did against Georgia, uh, that obviously would be a great, great thing for Alabama's chances because Austin Wiley currently ranks second in the SEC at nine rebounds per game. And Alabama, as we've talked about before, it's more of a by-committee approach you have five different players averaging four or more rebounds per game. One of those, though, again, you're not going to have tonight in Herbert Jones. Now, Lewis and Petty lead Alabama in scoring. Lewis at a little more than 17 points per game. Petty at 15.3. You got Jaden Shackelford third at 13.2 games per game. 13.2 points per game. Petty shooting 37% from three, which is down from the 50% clip he was shooting entering the last time, the last game that these two met. And that's understandable. I mean, as the season goes on, you're going to go through stretches where a little bit up and down right now during the most recent stretch. John Petty not as efficient from three-point range, although he did have 21 uh, in a workmanlike effort against Georgia last Saturday. Bench scoring tonight. That's going to be something else to watch. Specifically for Alabama, a guy like Beetle Bolden, who gave Alabama 11 points, six rebounds, and four assists, and that went over Georgia in 35 minutes of work off the bench. And then for Auburn, a guy like Devin Cambridge uh, for the Tigers, you know, last time these teams met, Devin Cambridge was 0 for 2 from the field, 0 for 2 from the free throw line, uh, and he also had a couple of turnovers, a couple of fouls, but he was huge last Saturday in Auburn's win over LSU, dropping 21 points on LSU off the bench, 7 of 10 from three-point range, and that was huge considering Jangel Purifoy wasn't available for Auburn in that game last Saturday. Similar styles tonight in terms of how these teams like to play. Going to try to get up and down. Going to try to turn each other over. Going to shoot a lot of three-point shots. And, you know, that's what really got Auburn in position to have a chance to even win the game last Saturday against LSU. Auburn made 18 threes against LSU last weekend. So, those numbers from the three-point range with these teams, but then also turnovers, points off turnovers, and free throw differential 
are some things to keep an eye on this evening. Should be a good one for uh, the uh, the rivals when they get together down on the Plains later this evening. Again, uh, shifting gears a little bit, some good news for Tua Tagovailoa. It was probably expected. It, it sounded as if things were progressing in a positive manner for the former Alabama quarterback, uh, but multiple reports from Monday having Tua in a good position to continue to progress, perhaps towards being able to do some on-the-field stuff prior to April's draft. And with that, I think what you're going to continue to hear is talk of teams that are maybe in that quarterback market looking to move up. And that could be a great thing for Tua Tonga-Vailoa because if you're Joe Burrow and you're the first pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, it's going to be a while before the Bengals are real contenders there, right? In the AFC North. Yeah, yeah. Joe Bur- Burrow, I, I think, can be a really good NFL quarterback. Is he a potentially elite NFL quarterback? Not so sure about that. Do I think Joe Burrow is a guy that walks right into a situation like Cincinnati and makes that receiving core better, especially if it doesn't include A.J. Green? Uh, does he make that offense? Does he make the skill players around him better? I think he can make the offensive line better in some ways, Joe Burrow can, because he he is athletic. He's he's not afraid to use his feet to sort of get himself in position to either make throws or move the chains with his legs. I think what will help Joe Burrow also in that regard, a guy who has proven to be extremely durable, is the rules in the NFL certainly protect the quarterback, both inside the pocket and even when he leaves the pocket. But I don't think Joe Burrow, just in terms of his passing ability, first and foremost, is going to go into a place like Cincinnati and just drastically change that entire franchise and its hopes of making the playoffs anytime soon. With Tua, if you continue to progress in a positive manner with this hip and teams begin to get that quarterback fever more and more as they're apt to do, as we've seen in the past, then you could be looking at, let's say, a team like Chicago. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com makes that move up into the top five. Because when you look at some of these teams and they do some introspection in the offseason and think about, okay, where are we just not up to snuff? If you're Chicago, are you already at that point with Mitch Trubisky, a former number one overall pick out of North Carolina? You might be. And when you look at how that team is set up right now, still need some help, I would say, for a team like Chicago at the skill spots. But if Tua is healthy, uh, Tua does have that capability as a passer to make guys better at those positions. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch as we continue to move forward and assuming Tua continues uh, to show positive progress from this injury, what the reaction 
and what the buzz becomes in terms of teams looking to get up perhaps in that top five. I can tell you this, my Jacksonville Jaguars pick at number nine and my Jacksonville Jaguars got two first round picks uh, this year. And I think they got two next year too. I don't have any problem. I love the Gardner Minshew story. I would love to see Gardner Minshew's game and his quarterback play live up to his tremendous story. I love the mustache. I love the Gardner Minshew look. I love all that. Am I convinced that Gardner Minshew is a potential championship caliber quarterback? Heck no, I'm not. But, yeah, it wouldn't pain me if my Jags made a move to try to get up there and get into the Tua uh, spot if he's going to project as a top five as we get closer to the draft. I, I wouldn't maybe like it as much for Tua personally knowing that that offensive line for the Jags hasn't exactly been stellar, uh, but you would have a running back there in Leonard Fournette that could help take some of that pressure off to a, you got a young wide receiver, another LSU guy in DJ Chark that is coming off a good season. So uh, look, there's worse places. There's worse places that Tua could land the Jacksonville. Plus he'd get to play, uh, get to play back-to-back home games in London, you know? How could you beat that? Uh, again, though, as we move throughout the week, you're going to have more uh, from the perspective of Alabama uh, softball and Alabama baseball. If you go to BamaOnline.com right now, you're going to see a weekend preview for Alabama softball. Kirk McNair has that for you on the website right now. Crimson Tide looking to bounce back from that one in three weekend in Tallahassee. Serious competition at this event coming up uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday down in the St. Pete Clearwater area. It's the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational down on the west coast of Florida. You're going to have Alabama taking on Liberty and Washington in day one play on Thursday. That second game against Washington, Washington is the new number one in the college softball polls after Alabama fell down into that 9-10-11 range following those three losses down at Florida State. Washington now ranked number one. That's who Alabama will see in its second game on Thursday. Alabama will follow that up with a game on Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock Central is the scheduled first pitch, against a UCLA team, the defending national champion UCLA Bruins, who depending on which poll you look at is ranked either second or third in the country and even getaway day an early game on Saturday at nine 30 in the morning central time. That's not going to be easy. Oklahoma state is currently ranked 16th in the college softball polls. So another challenging weekend for Patrick Murphy's team, by the way, those games against Washington on Thursday at three UCLA on Friday at three, those games are going to air on ESPNU Saturday morning. Alabama, Oklahoma State at 9:30 Central is scheduled to air on the SEC Network. Alabama got to clean some things up defensively. Nine errors uh, in four games last weekend. Pitching wasn't exactly what you would have thought it would have been, especially at a time of year where pitching is usually ahead of the bats. You know, you had some untimely walks, you had some errors, you had just a general inability to close out a couple of games that Alabama had well in hand in the bottom of the seventh inning of those contests, one against Florida State, 
one against North Carolina. Some positive news for this Alabama team, though, in that freshman catcher, Abby Dorr, from Eugene, Oregon. Murph going right into the Ducks' backyard and taking Abby Dorr out of there as a part of the 2020 recruiting class. Well, Abby Dorr actually enrolled at Alabama in January. Um, hadn't been cleared to participate this season, uh, but that came down on Monday that she will be able to go. Uh, hasn't been able to do much, uh, but is still expected to jump right into that mix behind the plate at the catching position. Also, a really good left-handed bat. You're also going to have Maddie Morgan back in the mix this weekend after Morgan missed the trip, uh, the games against Florida State and North Carolina last weekend due to academic issues. Um, but some good news, some additions as you make your way uh, down to Clearwater St. Pete for, again, what should be a challenging, challenging weekend. Um, baseball, we'll get more into this on Friday's edition of Daybreak, but the Crimson Tide cranks things up on Friday afternoon at the Joe. That's a 3 o'clock first pitch. That game will stream on SEC Network Plus if you can't make it in town. You're going to have that opportunity on Saturday, though, to take in Alabama baseball and Alabama basketball uh, with LSU coming in here. So an opportunity for Alabama fans with a bit of a double dip on Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening right there off Bryant Drive. But it's Northeastern in town for three games to kick off the Alabama baseball season. You're going to have a baseball preview, a baseball season preview on BamaOnline.com coming from Charlie Potter. Uh, You're going to have a couple lefties in this starting rotation for the Alabama baseball team, including Friday starter Connor Prelip, a true freshman who signed with Alabama, enrolled at Alabama over signing with the Boston Red Sox. Prelip, from Wisconsin, where he was the Gatorade State Player of the Year in 2019, was drafted in the 37th round by the Boston Red Sox last summer. Instead of signing with Boston, he makes his way to Tuscaloosa, and he'll get the ball. Scheduled to get the ball to open the season on Friday. Offensively, you return guys like Tyler Gentry, T.J. Reeves, Drew Williamson, Colby Robinson, Brett Auerbach, anticipating the return of Sam Prater behind the plate. You saw some baseball nuggets on the roundtable, courtesy of Tim Watts here in the last few days. Prater is coming off that Tommy John surgery that cost him all of the 2019 season. He now has a jammed thumb, apparently, that he's dealing with. But all in all, there's finally, finally, some legitimate reasons for optimism uh, in what has been sort of a Uh, desert-like run for Alabama baseball in recent years. By the way, on Thursday, uh, tomorrow, from the football perspective on BamaOnline.com, going to have a piece up for premium subscribers on the current situation at the cornerback position for Alabama football. Patrick Sertan II coming back, Trayvon Diggs moving on, Shaheem Carter moving on from that star position. You've got a number of first, second, third-year type returnees, Josh Job, Jalen Armour-Davis, Marcus Banks, Scooby Carter, Brandon Turnage. You've got an early enrollee in Jaquez Robinson. You've got a junior college mid-year 
enrollee in Ronald Williams. So we'll get into breaking down that position on Thursday at BamaOnline.com as well. As always, we appreciate you joining us here on Daybreak on this Wednesday. We appreciate you joining us at BamaOnline.com, especially on that roundtable, our premium message board for our subscribers. Until Friday, have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you again next time when Daybreak returns on the Built by Bama Online podcast. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 